Today, we are going to be continuing this series, Asking for a Friend. And as a part of that, one of the hot topics that came up is the idea of the topic of anxiety, which we've talked about and we've definitely dove in in the Soul Care series. Um, But today, we're going to be tackling it again from a different angle and what Jesus has to say about the internal pressure and overwhelm and anxiety that we can feel. In fact, The American Psychological Association defines anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension. Has anybody had tension before? If you didn't, hang on. Life will give it to you at some point. Worried thoughts, they tend to be future-oriented. And physical changes like increased blood pressure, you know, the tingling that happens in your arms, the heart beating out of your chest. We've all experienced it at some point or another. The American Psychiatric Association says that anxiety really is a range of different things. It could be from general anxiety uh, when we are experiencing that, but it could also be as significant as clinical, needing clinical treatment and cognitive therapy, uh, cognitive therapy for the different issues and challenges and traumas. They're very real, um, even to medication. But today, what we are talking about, to be clear, is generalized anxiety that impacts us all. You know the kind that you feel when you are up for the exam or the presentation in the boardroom and your heart begins to race. You know the call from the school that says, hey, your kid is in the office. You know that that one. It's the one where you are beginning to to feel anxiety because the doctor said, hey, I need you to come back and we need to do this test again because your test results came back abnormal. And your head immediately goes to the worst case scenario. Are you with me? It's, It's the everyday weights and anxieties of life. It's the call from the recruiter that says, I'm so sorry, we picked somebody else for the job. Or the recruiter at the school that says, I'm so sorry, we did not accept your application and we have to deal with the feelings that come with that. And we can look to Matthew 26 for comfort. When Jesus says, hey, when you need some real relief from life's anxieties, we have to look to the one who can give it to us. And church, I'm excited to uh, talk about this particular passage because how many know that we serve a God who can identify in our suffering? In fact, Hebrews 2.18 says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Aren't you glad? You know, I used to think that anxiety was a sin. The emotion of anxiety was a sin until I heard a, a pastor, in fact, he's the senior pastor of Life Church, say it a different way. He said, anxiety is simply a signal that it's time to pray. It means this thing, this assignment, this challenge is too big for you to go it alone. And you need my help. Because life often, the weight of life, presses up against our natural boundaries and limitations. But Jesus is going to give us a model in a way through. In fact, Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. If you know it, you can say it with me. You can talk in this church. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's mission critical for the divine assignments in the cups, if you will, that God has divinely orchestrated and called you to, that we're going to have to learn a different way to carry the weight. Because anything worth 
anything, value in life, you're going to get pressed at some places in our lives. Let's pray before we dive in. Father, we thank you. We thank you that in the pressing of life, in the weights and the anxieties of life, that you bring hope and that you give us instruction and that you give us a way forward. And so, Holy Spirit, today we welcome you in this place. We thank you that any time we approach your word, that it is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And you have a way of speaking to places in our lives that we have hidden from you and from others. But today, God, I thank you that you want to reveal some things so that you can heal some things. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Matthew 26, starting with verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground, and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. We see that even Jesus got a little overwhelmed with his assignment. In fact, the definition of relief is a feeling of reassurance and relaxation following the release from anxiety or distress that we all seek when anxiety attacks. In fact, we see Jesus going to the Father because he's like, hey, this this weight is too heavy. I need the Father's affirmation for this assignment. And while proven medical and psychological professionals, they have a whole host. You can Google it this afternoon. There are a lot of ways that we can deal with anxiety in a physical sense and in a psychological sense. And we should because, after all, God has made us soul, spirit, and body, right? He's made it to work in unison. So, yes, we should eat right. We should definitely exercise. It absolutely helps. I've been exercising my whole life, and I didn't realize it was helping me (laughs) in that way to diffuse the stress and anxieties of life. We have to learn to breathe properly. You guys, I, I I used to be the kind of person who would hold my breath to get through the assignment. I'd hold my breath through the test. I'd hold my breath when I'm pumping weight. That is the worst thing that you can do. In fact, when life gets heavy, we're, we're to breathe through those situations. We're supposed to rest. We're supposed to recreate. We're supposed to learn cognitive behavioral therapy so that we can replace the thoughts, which God tells us to renew our mind. We're supposed to do all of those things. But if we fail to add God's spiritual treatment to what the doctors say, then we don't always experience the fullness of the relief that we're looking for. It's temporary in a moment, but we've got to add that extra layer that the great physician says when he, when he talks to us about a spiritual treatment. In fact, just recently, uh, there was a pollen burst, if everyone remembers. It was an awful couple weeks, I'm not going to lie. And I've never struggled with allergies until this year, and I've been in this area for a long time. So I think God was actually growing me in compassion and capacity for my husband, who has suffered for years. (laughs) And so I was like, God, is this your way of increasing my compassion and capacity for those with allergies? 
But in all honesty, it was like a movie. Have you ever seen a movie where you, you wake up and, uh, you know, when someone has an allergic reaction and their eyes are like bulging out of their head and you're like, whoa, what is happening? This was me. I woke up for one and a half weeks where my eyes were swollen like, like something had bit me in my eye. And my, uh, th- it was li- and I'll spare you some gory details, but there was some goo, we'll just call it goo, that was sealing my eyes shut. And I was literally having to like peel them awake in the morning. And then I worse, I couldn't see. I was like, something is happening to my eye. God, am I going blind? Lord Jesus, forgive me. Like whatever. Like what is happening? What is happening right now? And so I go to the doctor and I took the natural approach. God, what is going on? And I said, doctor, please help me. And of course, she wanted to take a more natural route. And I was like, no, 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 this girl is ready for some medication. Like, I need something now. Like, I need relief now. And she's like, no, 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 I'm not quite sure what's going on yet. So let's, like, do this and do this and do this. So I listened to her, although I was grumbling the entire time because I'm thinking, I know you got meds. Just give them to me. Like, let's just knock this out. That's me. And she's like, nope, we're going to do it this way. So I listened to the doctor's orders. I walked through the steps. By day five of this treatment plan, it is not working. And so I call her and I'm like, look, look, I cannot do this anymore. Like, it's affecting my everyday life. Like, I need some help. And she gives me a steroid. And one drop of this steroid, boom, swelling goes down, the gunk goes away. And sometimes we can try to deal with the anxieties and weight of life through a natural means. We can do it the doctor's way, and we can do the psychology way, and we should do those things because, after all, again, we're a whole person, right? God made it all. But it's not until you get that steroid drop of the Holy Spirit and God's word working in you where he speaks a word to you, and boom, you're healed. In fact, the word of God says, Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick. Come on. Who likes some quickness? and powerful, and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder, and yes, I use KJV on purpose because I wanted to say the word, asunder, of soul and spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Anxiety also, there's, there's some things in our hearts that we are unaware of. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit and his word, which is active and living, to speak into those places to get some relief. And that is the real relief that we're actually seeking. In fact, this whole story takes place at the Mount of Olives. It's at the foot of the Mount of Olives where there are olive groves. You want to guess what grows in the olive groves? got some olives. Come on, I knew y'all were awake, 1130. There's some olives. And this is also, this place is known as a pressing place. It's known as a, a place that you would go to pray and to press in. And I find it interesting that this story takes place here because God the Father picked Jesus for this assignment. Just as he has picked you for your assignment, for your cup, if you will, for the assignments in life that he's called you to, that you feel pressured and you feel pushed. And yet he picked you, just like fruit gets picked. He picked you. 
Ephesians 1, 3, 5. How do you know that, Christina? For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to the adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Some of you need to be reminded today that you have been picked and chosen for your assignments. God made no mistake, even though the pressing is hurtful. And you were like, God, I'm feeling pressed, and I think this hurts too bad. I want relief. And he says, hey, I picked you. I chose you, and I'm not going to put anything on you that you can't bear with my help. And that is the caveat. Oftentimes the anxiety comes when we're doing things in our own strength, and we're only doing it the natural way. Sometimes you need a little super on your natural. Come on, you need a steroid. You need a steroid of his word and a power of the Holy Spirit and a word from him. You got to hear his voice if you're going to stick out your assignments, just like Jesus. In fact, at some point, those olives get pressed. So whether it's a manual process, it's old school or it's new school, you're getting pressed. If you want extra virgin olive oil, which we all love. you got to love to cook with some of that now. It's got some real great health benefits. If you want to cook with it, there's a process. God chooses us like an olive, and then we get pressed. And none of us like pressing. If you like pressing, come talk to me. Pressing hurts. You get crushed in the process, and sometimes it can feel like your soul is being crushed when you're like, I am being stretched beyond where I can go. And he's like, exactly. Exactly, because it's in my, your weakness that I'm made strong. So as long as you stay over here in your strength zone all the time, I'm not able to work like I can when you're being pressed and you actually acknowledge that you need me. You need me. In fact, we see that Jesus began to be sorrowful and very heavy. This word can be translated to agony. Agony. Now, we know he hasn't gone to the cross yet. We know physically that was an agonizing experience. But he is futuristically pondering and thinking through the pain, and he begins to sweat drops of blood. The physician Luke actually says that. It's actually a rare medical condition that some people can get to a place of such great anguish that they sweat blood. Jesus knows what it's like to have internal pressure, and he identifies in it. And he said, hey, I pressed through it for you because I wanted you to know that you're not alone, and I'm with you in the pressing. I'm, in you, I'm with you in the pressing places. In fact, what we think about in and about the pressing makes all the difference because Hebrews 12.2 tells us we know why Jesus continued to press his way because he said, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He kept his eye on the ultimate assignment. He said, I'm going to have to press my way, but I'm too weak to do it in my own strength, and I need you. Are there any, is there any honest people in the room that would identify with me and say, man, the pressing is hard. The pressing hurts. And I raise my hand and say, I need you, Jesus. I want to give you three quick treatments. I'm going to call them the three T's because I'm married to a fellow preacher who likes everything to start with the same letter. So for, for you, baby, here you go. Three T's. Spiritual treatment number one, take a time out. Take a time out. 
When anxiety rises, that is a signal it's time to pray. It's not the sin. We don't run from it in shame and try to hide it. We run to the one who can do something about it. This weight is too heavy for me. Jesus recognized it. I would hope we could do the same. We are to follow his lead. And we have to recognize when the weight is too heavy, which is part of the problem. We don't often recognize it. We're like, we got this. I got this. I'm strong enough. No, you don't have this. We have got, it's not until we get to the place where we recognize that God can really begin to do his work. He says to his disciples, sit here while I go there and do what? And pray. And pray, that's the time out. The time out is like, whoa, whoa, something's going on on the inside. This situation hurts at work. This situation relationally is causing me a lot of pain. Whoa, it's time for a time out. You know, I've raised two toddlers. I still have a four-year-old toddler in my house and a fur baby toddler. You guys have heard lots about. And it feels like I have two toddler twins. So fur baby plus another toddler. And oftentimes with a toddler, they do not realize they have gone beyond their limits. They don't. And so overactivity, overscheduled, and there is a place of no return. It's called where you don't reason with them. And you're like, hey, I think not in like a timeout you're in trouble, but like, hey, let's like just sit and calm down for a little while. I think you, because if you keep going in the state that you're in, we're going to have a serious breakdown. And all the parents know that if you can intervene before the breakdown, it's a really good for you. So I'm trying to do this with our daughter, Abigail, just this past week. And I say, hey, let's just like, you know, let's get binky and let's like just calm down, right? Because she's just real feisty. Do you think she wants to do that? Oh, no. Hey, why don't we just go take a timeout? I don't need a timeout. I'm fine. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not fine. And we all know it, but you are the only one that doesn't know it. That is how we often act. Everybody else around us knows you're a little edgy. Everybody else knows that you need a timeout, but you. That's the problem. God, I have too much to do to take a day off and be with you. God, do you see my schedule? I cannot get up 15, 20 minutes early and just sit before you and ask for affirmation. You see my schedule? God, I am going to miss out if I don't keep hustling. Hashtag no days off. Hello, if you don't take a day off, you're not going to make it to the assignment. You need to take a moment and pay attention to the way that God has wired you. you hit all the physical signs are there. The emotional signs are there. And he's saying it's time to fill up. It's time to pray. It's time to talk. And I'm not, yes, take your vacation, but I'm just taking the moments. The moments of everyday life when you feel overwhelmed in the office and you need to shut your door or you need to go take a walk around the block and get God's perspective on life. Thank you for that. You know this place. Mom and dad, you know it. When your kids, when it's, what they need from you is more than you can handle. It is. You need God. You need God to father you so that you can father and mother your children. It's time for a timeout. God, I need your perspective. You said this is a joy. I'm not feeling joyful. Caregivers, teachers, leaders, you live to help people. You pour out all the time. I know who I'm talking to, a room full of leaders in your perspective right. You are somewhere in the journey and you love people. You wouldn't be in this city if you didn't. 
You came to change the world, and we know that serving people is where it starts. And when you're in this place, and you're giving out, and you're giving out, hey, I'm starting to feel a little overwhelmed. My oxygen mask, I need to put it on. What's the oxygen mask? I got to hear a word from the Lord. I need to hear the affirmation of the Father so I can keep going in the assignment that he's called you to. Business owner, doctors, lawyers, executives, sometimes you open that calendar and you just want to shut it back down because you don't see any margin in it. And you're exhausted. You have permission to take a day off and get with the Father and hear what he has to say about your situation and your circumstance. You have permission to take a couple hours We all know that you work more than 40 hours a week. That was supposed to be funny. (laughs) Jesus modeled a way through. Not out of the assignment. He didn't deliver him out of the assignment. He just showed him a pathway through. Pathway through. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. In your weakness, he is strong. In his what? His grace is sufficient for you. The first step in taking a time out is realizing you need one. My husband reminded me that the NBA playoffs are happening. We started talking. (laughs) Come on, we got some basketball fans. You know the coach calls a timeout? Actually, in almost every sport. Coach calls a timeout when? Players start to get exhausted. When they have lost track of the gameplay, hello, we have a strategy and you are not running it. I don't recognize that play, right? Calling them back home. I need to refocus you. For some of you, I just need you to sit on the bench and get a drink of water because you're winded. The coach has no intention of forfeiting the game. The coach has no intention of taking them out of the game. He just needs to refocus their purpose. Anxiety is a signal. It's time to pray. That's it. That's it. He's a good coach. We see that Jesus identifies where he is. That is the first step for many of us. Stop denying it. (laughs) Take your mask off so that you can breathe. If we ignore the signals, much like we do our oil light on our cars, and all the mechanics were like, I could save you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars if you would just change your oil on time. Right? It's the simple things. We just are like, oh, we can drive another 100 miles. No, you can't. You need, a, you need a breath of God if you're going to stay the course and stay the assignment. And if we're not careful, we fall into temptation, which is what Jesus talked about. He said, hey, watch and pray so you don't fall in temptation. When anxiety is lurking, watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. What is the temptation, Christine? I'm so glad you asked. Number one, you ignore it. You keep riding. I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not. Pull over. If you don't pull over and get an hour oil change, your car will be in the shop for a week. We overreact. I'm leaving. I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a month on vacation. Maybe some of you can do that. It's awesome. But most of you will get fired, so don't do it. You overreact. You think that that's the relief you need. And some of you, yeah, you do. Change of place, change of place and pace equals a changed perspective. Yeah, for sure. But it's actually just learning the rhythms of time out in our everyday lives. Right? It's not, it's not an overreaction. Some of us medicate the pain with distraction. Let me name a couple of those for you. We distract ourselves with overspending, overdrinking, other addictions, 
Netflix, Netflix binging. We got to take it to the Father. Don't ignore it. Don't medicate it. Don't overact. Or worse, don't quit. Don't quit. You're in the assignment God has called you to. You are in the assignment, and when he is done with you there, he will make it clear. Keep going. Just take a time out. Take a time out. Some of you do not need a new job. You just need a break. (laughs) Some of you don't need to give up being a good parent and learning new parenting strategies and just survive. God has better for you than that. You just need a break and some help. Amen. Amen myself. Some of you don't need to quit school. Some of you don't need to quit the dream. You just need a time out, and you need to realize this thing's going to take time. It's going to take time. All good things come in time. We have such a limited, finite understanding, including myself, on time, right? It starts at 12 midnight, and it runs on a clock, that is not how God looks at it. We have our calendars and we have our, God looks at this, this chronological timeline and he's like, hey guys, I need you to get your, your eyes up and you're thinking a little higher because I am a God of the Kairos timing. That means that he can come into your chronological moment and remind us that one day is like a thousand years to the Lord. We've got to remember there is a kingdom we are living for that is not this one in the natural We've got to add our super to his natural so we can see correctly. It's hard to do that if you don't take a time out. Because life is fast and furious, especially in the DMV. And quite frankly, we like it like that. That was supposed to be funny too, but nobody thought that was funny. As a co-parent with my husband, he and I often cannot realize we need a timeout, but the other person sees it. You know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, whoa, what is going on? You are snappy. You are short. Wow, you are tired. You need a workout. You can often see it in other people before you see it in yourself. Can I tell you, some of you need to, if you can't give your own self a timeout, I've actually started putting my own self in timeout. It's fantastic. I'm like, hey, so, yep, I'm going to walk away. I'll be back in five minutes. Just need a fresh breath of air, new perspective, and I'll come back. If you cannot do that, give somebody else permission to give you a timeout. So Jeremy and I now have this, like, situation where we can see it in each other's eyes, and we're like, and you're tapping out, tap out. Tap out, tap in, tap out, tap in. That's how we roll. And you need some people you can roll with like that because it's worth it. It's worth it. We see that Jesus doesn't go alone. He does not go alone. He brings, some, he brings his boys with him. And he's like, hey, I know you can't, you can't carry this cup with me, but you can come close and understand the weight of it, and you can pray for me. Because there's a lifting that happens when you pray. Thank God for all the intercessors. Our prayer team rocks. Thank you. You lift the weight of the call of this church. Thank you for what you do. It is important. And it is not just only important, it is the, in, the base ingredient for what is happening here in the natural. It's the super on the natural. Get some intercessor, get somebody to pray for you. I did it just this week. I was feeling the weight of my week. I said, I, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me twice in one week. I was like, Lord, this must be a heavy word because I'm feeling some weight. Two people, 
do you know as soon as they prayed for me, I said, whew, I got, I got wind in my sails. It was like taking a time out. It was a five-minute conversation. It was a five-minute conversation. Holy Spirit, perspective. It's perspective and a weight shifting. Don't underestimate it. Proverbs 18.1, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment. We are wrapping up our spring groups and we're about to launch some summer groups. Think about it. If you don't have people in your world, there's some amazing, amazing people in our groups. Shout out to all our group leaders. Thank you. Come on, you can clap. You can clap. It lifts the weight. It lifts the weight. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. When anxiety comes knocking, watch and pray. Watch and pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We have good intentions, but we live in this body of flesh that cannot handle the weight of the assignments God has given you. It's a supernatural. We've got to attack it from both angles. So here's your challenge. Give yourself a timeout. You have permission. If you can't do that, give somebody else the liberty to call a timeout. Spouses, don't elbow your spouse in the rib too hard on that one. But they know you best. And deploy some prayer partners. If you don't have anyone in your life that can pray for you, we've got an entire prayer team that would be delighted. Don't use the excuse that nobody knows the weight. Nobody can handle my stuff. Yes, we can't. We can't handle it, but he does. We're just helping you take it to him. Spiritual treatment number two, turn to the Father for perspective. Turn to the Father for perspective. Matthew 26, 39, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. The cup represents the the suffering and the pain of whatever is pressing you right now. Yet not as I will, but your will be done. What is the first thing that Jesus does? He humbles himself and says, hey, I need help. I need help. I need help, God. Can't, Can't carry this weight by myself. You weren't designed to. Somehow along the way we think we have to carry it all, but we can't. We were not designed to. There is a God sized hole on the inside of every individual because we're made in his image and he designed it that way. We're not traveling alone. And then he submits his will to God's. I don't like this. Anybody not like an assignment you have right now? Come on, do I have any honest people in the room? Thank you for the three of you. No, five. I'm seeing 10. Who will give me 20? It's awesome. Honesty, humility is the first step. And then we submit ourselves to God. There's an incredible amount of anxiety that comes when we think that 100% of the outcome is on us. Of course that's going to weigh you down. Of course. But God didn't design it that way. He says, hey, you do the part that you can do and leave the rest to me. Leave the rest to me. That was for somebody that's working real hard at something. And I want to remind you, you bring the best of you. You do what you are humanly capable of. But this next season for you is going to require a super on your natural. God's going to breathe on it. He's going to breathe on it. And you're going to find the relief that you need. Submission. We have to get God's perspective if we're going to stay the course. Jesus knew this is my assignment. I was born for it. 
He was born for it. He always probably knew. I always wonder, what would it be like to be Jesus? Fully man, fully God, right? He, he's got both perspectives, and he knows what he was born for. And yet, he comes to this place where he's almost at the end of it, and he's getting ready to step into the assignment. The internal pressure knocks him back. And he's got to get God's perspective so he can finish the race. And he realizes, I need my mind renewed. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Some of us, it's just a matter of renewing our mind. It's a, it's a matter of taking those racing thoughts, the worries of this life, submitting them to the lordship of Christ and saying, God, what do you say about this situation? I don't care what everyone else says. I want to know what you say about this situation and hanging on to every word. In fact, Bill Johnson, the senior pastor of Bethel Church, says it this way. I can, can't afford to have thoughts in my head about me that God doesn't have in his. I'm going to take it a step further. We cannot afford to have thoughts about our future, which is where anxiety steps in. Our current momentary circumstances or sufferings in assignments that are uncomfortable. Or from the past events in our life that we're stuck in. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. The future is too great. The assignments are too great. And we cannot allow you to forfeit your destiny, to step in and to be pressed. Because there's a beautiful thing in the pressing. Because in the pressing comes oil. Just like the olive grove. The olive gets pressed. And when it gets pressed and it stays the crushing process, guess what comes out the other side? A very expensive bottle of extra virgin oil. Olive oil. That is so good and has so many benefits for our health. In fact, did you know that it's the number one ingredient that actually helps fight anti-inflammatory and disease in your body? Is that powerful or what? The Lord is so strategic in the way that he does these things. And he's working that in us. Why? Because we are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And how does he work? Put your hands to heaven. Through us. Through us. But the oil has to flow. It has to flow. And we have to hear from him. In fact, has the cup of suffering in your marriage pressed you to a place where you're willing to admit, God, I need help? Has the cup of suffering, even in the things that you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis with your kids, has it pressed you to a place yet where you are willing to submit and ask for help and get God's perspective? Has it pressed you to a place where you're willing to submit your will and say, nevertheless, your will, not mine, be done, God, in your vocation, in your career path, in your difficult circumstances and situations that are, by the way, out of your control, but it's causing you anxiety because you think you can control it, but you can't. He didn't deliver him out of it. He delivered him through it. It's through it. It's through it. You know, when we were having our first child, uh, Hannah, I was anticipating, uh, you know, they ask you for your birth plan. And I'm like, you know, I give them a ridiculous 
unrealistic birth plan. And that is not what happened. In fact, there was a point in birth that they said, hey, you know, we, we have to do, we just need to rush you to surgery and get, get this baby out alive. And so when it came time for the second pregnancy at the 39th week, I began to be overwhelmed with anxiety because every thought that I had of this moment that was about to come again was painful. And I saw a cold, sterile hospital room. God bless you. For those of you whose assignment is that room, thank you. God bless you. But for me, that was a painful memory. And I remember thinking, man, I'm 39 weeks pregnant. This baby's got to come out, right? Like, like we're doing this thing. We're, we're in it. We're in the assignment. And I said, God, I don't want to go in like this. I don't want to go in with the overwhelming anxiety. God, what do you want to do about that? I need your help. I need your help. Can I tell you in that moment, he asked me a question that I'll never forget. And it's a long time ago now, but I still haven't forgot it. What makes you think that was my plan B? What makes you think that that wasn't the best way to save you and your daughter? What made you think that this was not the path forward, this, this cup? What made you think that? And I sat there, and I began to weep. And then the next picture I saw was me laying in that same hospital, now futuristically got, getting ready to do this thing again. And I saw what I perceived to be Jesus standing beside me, calm, cool. He already had seen the outcome. Do you know that our outcomes are set? Like, he's already seen it. He's going to work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He's on the other side of it, and he's right beside me. And on the other side was Jeremy. Can I tell you that picture changed my perspective and allowed me to walk down the cup and the assignment that I had? And the same is true for you. God wants to change your perspective on some things about your assignment so that you can go forth and finish it. God's heart for you is that you finish the assignments that he has given you to do. And when you are done, don't worry, you'll keep going. He'll take you to the next one. But we have to learn to get his perspective and he can heal some things in us so that we can stay the course. If you don't allow him to heal the broken places and the places that cause us anxiety and we don't get God's thoughts and we don't get God's perspective, you will, might miss the next step. But God says, no, that's not my heart for you. That's why he's coming to us and reminding us that it's the way through it. Get his perspective. Ask for help. Take inventory on the thoughts. That's your challenge. Take inventory on your thoughts that are leading to anxiety. And to be clear, you won't miss God's heart, but it doesn't have to be quite as hard as we're making it. He's going to get you where he needs to get you, but his heart is to heal us along the way. Get his, get his perspective. Get his perspective, which leads us to treatment number three. Take it to the Father in prayer. Let's pick up in verse 42. He went away a second time, and he prayed, My Father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them, and he went away once more, and he prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And then he turned to the disciples and he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my 
betrayer. So what's happening? We see that Jesus persists in prayer. He persists in prayer three times. Three times, even beyond the place where people could pray him into. He, he was at that place where he had to continue to press his way. And some of you just needed to come to church today to be reminded not to give up. Don't give up in the assignment. Don't give up in the prayer, in the persistent prayers that you are praying. Some of you have been praying for a week. Keep praying. Some of you have been praying for 7, 10, 15, 20 years. As many of the fathers and the people of faith that have gone before us, fathers and mothers who heard a word from God in their chronological time, tried to put a stamp on it, and God said, oh, no, we're not there yet. May I remind you of Moses, who, got, who literally stepped into that, that last assignment at the age of 80? Can you imagine? We think it's over at 65. Come on, Jesus, give us some perspective. It takes a lifetime to be pressed to a place where we have the anointing to walk out the call God has for us, church. It's going to take some pressing, but you can't abort the process in the middle of it. Keep walking. Keep stepping. Keep praying. Keep persisting. You've been praying about that spouse for a long time. The thing that you've been waiting for. You've been praying for the family. You've been praying for the child. You've been praying. Keep praying. I'm sure the people of faith that we read about on these pages who've gone before us thought the same thing. But we, got to, we have the, the unique advantage of reading the whole story. We can't read the story that we're living, but somebody else will. The people in our lives will read our lives and, man, man, they didn't give up. They continued in the assignments when they were hard. They continued loving. They continued showing up. They continued worshiping. That is the testimony. Some of you keep praying about your financial position. Can I help you out? Keep working that budget, working it, pressing it, just like, a, just like it gets pressed, press it. Keep doing it. Keep doing the right things. Keep showing up. Come on, because my God is a God of plenty. He does not lack. You will lack no good thing. You will lack no good thing. Keep doing it. Keep at it. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Do you believe that he cares for you? Then he invites you to cast your cares. He wants to give you a great exchange. Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. I don't know about you, but I don't like that scripture. Can I be honest? That's hard, which is why I put it over my bed. Because I need to read it and be reminded of this walk of faith that we are called to until his word becomes the goal, till his word becomes what good looks like in our lives. We're trying to write our own scripts. It's already written. We just have to walk it out, church. And nobody can take your cup. Nobody can drink from your cup but you. In fact, I brought a little example of this now. We love Christmas in the Burroughs house. And my kids insisted on this ridiculous cup for their dad for Christmas. And I was like, really? I'm going to spend my money on this. Okay. This is where we're at. Okay, kids. They know that daddy loves the elf movie. And so occasionally when there are no clean cups or they're all in the dishwasher and I, just be honest, don't want to unload it, I'll grab daddy's cup. 
And when I'm drinking out of this love, I mean, it's, it's a great, this is the right size, by the way, coffee cup, for sure. And so while I'm, while I'm drinking from this cup, my kids are sure to tell me, why are you drinking from that cup? That's daddy's cup. You're not allowed to drink from that. You're not Papa Elf. If you guys in the back can't see this, Papa Elf is on the cup. You're not allowed to. Can I tell you that there are some places that people can't go with you? They can pray you up until the place, but there are some assignments and some cups that are yours and yours alone to carry out. I take you back to the C-section example. We're there. We're in the hospital. My husband gets dropped off at the waiting, this little waiting room where he can't really see where I'm going next. And he is looking so handsome in those scrubs over there. And perhaps the, the medication is starting to kick in. For all the mamas, that was for you. And I realized he can't go with me. This is my cup. I'm the one that's about to birth this baby. And I have to go into this cold operating room where once there was pain, God's now given me new perspective. And he's given me a new vision for what he's about to do. And can I tell you, I was able to go just like Jesus did with confidence that my God would see me through again. And I did not have to fear There are some places that people cannot go with you. And you thought, some of you are disappointed because you thought they would. This is your assignment. It's your cup. It's your pressing. It's your story. And only you can make the decision to submit it to God, get his perspective, and consistently take it to him. Nobody can do that for you. It's your turn. It's your turn because you need to live out that assignment on the other side of it. There are people that will be blessed because of your obedience in the hard places. In fact, every generation can look back to the generation before and say, thank you for pressing in the hard places. May we not forget that we stand on the shoulders of people who have pressed their way. They have pressed their way. Luli, Lulio, uh, Luli, Luli Giglio, I can't say that. If only we knew what was happening when we prayed, we would never cease to pray. Oftentimes, that's the part of trusting God. God, are you sure? Are you really doing it? He's trustworthy, and we cast the cares, and we leave them there. That we shape worlds on our knees. That God, we're moving heaven and earth with our prayers. This extra virgin oil that gets pressed, it's not just for us. When we'll stay the the path, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is in us, flowing through us. We bless the world around us. I don't know about you, but our world is in need of some peace and presence carriers. It does not take much to live anxious in this world, but we need to be a people who can press through hard places and still have peace. That is what gets the attention of, man, there's got to be something else. You're not that great. We know. We know. It's the hope that we have. It's the hope that we hold. The apostle Paul pressed his way. He was shipwrecked, left for dead. He had a thorn in his flesh. He pressed his way. 
so that we could read these words and be encouraged today. Philippians 3.8, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Perhaps the reason we have so much anxiety is because we're unwilling to accept that and release our lives. We want to hold so tight. I consider them garbage (laughs) that I may gain Christ. We can have an inward peace, but we have to take the time out. We have to apply the spiritual treatment. We have to take time out. We have to turn to God for perspective, and we have to persist in prayer, church. We have to persist in prayer. I leave you with his apprentice, his apprentice's words in 2 Timothy 4, 5. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Keep a clear mind. The Bible is clear. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news of the hope that you have and fully carry out the ministry God has called you to. And I'm confident that you will because you love him. You're here. You're seeking God's word. You can do this. Wherever your hard places are, press your way. For some of you today, you didn't even know you had a helper. You didn't even know that there was a a hope, that you thought that you had to do it all on your own. No wonder you're riddled with anxiety. All of us get there, but we have to remind, we have to remember the coach is calling a timeout. Come back to the play. Come back to the play. Bring it to me. Cast your cares over and over and over. Until you can get up, just like Jesus did at the end of this verse, and he rises with confidence, and he walks out his assignment. Jeremy's going to come in just a minute, and he's going to give you an opportunity to do that. If you've not made that decision, that's the first step. Welcome. He's picking you. He's choosing you. He's choosing you, and he has a great plan and a great purpose for you. The first step is just saying, yes, I surrender. He's going to come in a moment, but I just want to take a moment in our service because I know how life can be. We go out of the doors and we've got our lunch plans and life gets going and Monday morning is there and it's coming fast and furious at us. We're going to practice taking a timeout. It's not a long one. We're going to call a timeout. Coach is calling a timeout. We just need to take a moment. And if you feel comfortable, surrender your palms to heaven. God, I surrender. Whatever you walked in with today, whatever's in your mind and rolling around, God's been putting his finger on, just go ahead and release it and surrender. God, I need your perspective. You may not get perspective in the next couple seconds, but I tell you what, you've started the conversation. Keep going. You'll get perspective. Keep pressing. Keep asking. Let's take a minute.